Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds Warren. three. Welcome to another edition of the Indy Cornrows podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. We are coming at you the day after the, the loss in the Minnesota Timberwolves. First and foremost, I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. It's been a minute since we've recorded. Things have been kind of hectic on my end trying to get everything together. But I'm really psyched to be joined today by Tom Lewis. Tom, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, we can always flip and talk about, you know, Husky football like we were just doing or, you know, my great turkey or if if we need something positive to talk about. Yeah, uh, we might need to. Uh, Last (laughs) night was was rough on surface. Uh, I mean, Minnesota is a good team this year. Don't get me wrong. Minnesota has been... Very solid. One of my favorite watches. Surprisingly, an awesome defensive team this year uh, that kind of held Pat last night in a 100 to 98 loss. But also when you pull back on surface, obviously Miles Turner was out yesterday, but also the Timberwolves really just didn't have any wings yesterday. Jared Vanderbilt and Jane McDaniels were both out. Um, I'm trying to remember. They had a third guy who, who was out yesterday as well. I can't remember off the top of my head. But point being, they were missing a lot of guys, too. It wasn't just uh, just Indiana. Um, there's a lot that we can pull from this. Um, but I think I want to just kind of rope this into a larger segment. I mean, Pacers are one and three in their last four. If you rope in last seven, they're, um, three and four, which looks a lot better on paper, obviously. Uh, but these last four games have been pretty difficult. Obviously the, the Raptors game looked a lot better. Um, I think you saw segments of Domas getting utilized, uh, the way that we were accustomed to in some ways, and and that paid dividends. Um, Obviously, the loss against the Lakers was really tough and how that went down in overtime. Uh, The Milwaukee loss, I I don't really have anything positive to say about that, and we'll get into it, I'm sure. But last night was just kind of another microcosm of of some of the issues that we're seeing throughout the season. Uh, Pacers fall to 9-14, and which keeps them uh, sole owner of the 13 seed. Toronto's nine and 12. So they're, they obviously have a small buffer ahead. Every other team is 500 or above outside of Detroit and Orlando. So a uh, pretty big gap. And then looking ahead, I, I promise I'm not trying to drive the stake in right away at the beginning of this, but just to illustrate in the next week and a half of basketball, they play Atlanta tomorrow, who has been on an absolute tear until they lost to the Knicks. Uh, but they're, back over 500 after a rough start to the year. Uh, Then they play Miami on two days later. And then Washington, who they've struggled with earlier this year and has been a surprise team in the Eastern Conference. They play the Knicks again in the third game of the season, Dallas, and then Golden State on December 13th with another back-to-back against Milwaukee and Detroit. Tom, I, I know that we talked about at the beginning of the year how important winning some games in the early season schedule would be. Uh, they just really have not been able to cobble together some of the victories that might've been there. I know a lot can be like looking at net rating, like they have a positive net rating. They're 12th in that rating right now. Um, their expected win losses is, is, is 12 and 11 through the 24 games that they've, I mean, 23 games that they've played already. Um, they just can't win in the fourth quarter. And th- there's a lot more nuance to it than that. But um, ultimately 
this has been a very rough start for for the Pacers. Where are you at with how how things have started, and and we can kind of go from there. Yeah, it has definitely been a rough start. And I know, like, as you mentioned before the season, we were, you know, kind of talking about obviously the, the schedule set up to be difficult through, you know, the end of December. And if they could be, you know, pretty close to 500, that would be a bonus. And it was just a matter of how far below 500 would they be? And, you know, at what point would it just be this ain't going to work? We got to definitely be very active before the deadline. Um, and right now, as you mentioned, that schedule coming up, kind of close out December here. Um, it, it's going to be hard to climb <laughs> climb into that 500, despite the fact that, you know, you you could easily flip five or six of these games. You know, they've had so many close um, losses, and, you know, that shows up in that net rating that you mentioned. Uh, but the fact is, they, they aren't getting them done. And last night was, again – it is. It is. It's just like, you know, the old Groundhog Day, just seeing this over and over. I know in that Milwaukee game, you know, Scott, I just mentioned, he's like, God, this is, I've seen this game for the last three or four years. It's just, it's going to be a 10 to 15 point loss. And, you know, they just, the match with Milwaukee stinks. And, and that's the case. But there's been so many games like that this year. I think that the Portland game, you know, we see that road game where they, they fade and, and, these different games where they just don't have a guy to bring it home when, you know, when it's nut crunch time. And um, again, we, we kind of saw that last night. I was, I was, when they picked that quick early, you know, 12 point lead beginning of the third quarter, I was like, I mean, like you say, Minnesota is uh, a quality team. And that goes, goes they're again. sixth in the West right now, even yeah, after last I mean, night's loss. I was like, this they're putting together a quality W here. And I was, I was literally about to tweet something like they're just, if they can avoid that, you know, fatal fourth or whatever dry spell, this could be a really good win. And then I was like, nah, I'm holding off. And then it was like literally from then on. And well, yeah, never had, to the uh, point where I would consider sending something out like that. But that was, that was a deal. It's just like, um, every one of the, those tight games, it's just, something comes down where, where the execution doesn't, isn't there and, and they can't get over the hump to, to make that play uh, in a lot of those close games. And, and again, I mean, you know, it, it's not an effort. I mean, getting back, I, I thought that game was really going to slide away last night and they, they got back into it, got it down to where they had a chance towards the end, but, but really couldn't get over the hump where they had a chance to, for that winning play at the end. And, and uh, it is uh, it just a, a cycle of, of frustration. And honestly, you know, when you, you look at the roster construction and you got a bunch of those, uh, you know, what, $20 million a year, 20 million a year guys are middle of the road guys now. And they got a bunch of them and they are, you know, this is what it looks like when you're, Logging miles on the old treadmill mediocrity, um, you can't get off, get over the hump, and it just again doesn't seem like there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't care how good TJ Warren is when he comes back. I mean, the guy hasn't played almost two years. You know, I mean, it, it's he's not going to be the the quick fix. I, I'd be shocked if, if that was the case. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the the best starting point for me with this is just 
looking at last night, I mean, like you mentioned, they had that 12 point lead and then Carl Anthony Towns gets fouled, makes one of the free throws, misses the second, but then off the offensive rebound, which was a huge problem last night, just giving up second chance points. Um, and we'll talk about why in a minute, but Cat hits that three, and then they go on, I think, a 29 run to come back into the game. Uh, and and that kind of sealed it in some ways. Like they really had the opportunity to blow the game open, and then um, it just wasn't there after that. And part of it, too, is just I, uh, I, I agree with you that the roster is a problem, of course. But I got a little bit of flack with this yesterday, and I, part of it is I should have explained myself a little bit better, but I just don't think Rick has coached a very good season, if we're being honest. Um, like, I, d- despite all of the issues that this team has had with luck and things that have not gone their way in terms of injuries, I do think this team should be better than 9-14. and 14. And it's less about the wins and losses. It's more about the process on court. Like, last night, to a degree, I get it. Um, like having Malcolm guard Carl Anthony Towns to start the game, uh, you know, bringing Sabonis over and help because they, I mean, they started Josh Kogi, so he was he's a, almost definitely like majority of the time a notch. I think he's shooting below thirty percent from three this year, and for his career, he's he's below league average as a three point shooter. So I get sagging off of him and doubling Cat, but also yesterday, like Minnesota attacked that right away, and when. Malcolm was, uh, you know, on like, I mean, if, if they got cat on the wings, they would immediately go to the post. And <laughs> if he got to the post, that's when Domas was helping over. But cat is too good of a passer to be playing like that. Uh, and they were completely picking apart the Pacers. They were just missing shots in the beginning. Like they were forcing uh, long rotations, uh, really causing the Pacers to just be a chaotic defense yesterday. And it's not even that the defense was terrible, but it felt to me like they put themselves in some really difficult situations. And you saw later on in the game too, like Domas played cat one-on-one pretty well. Uh, when he was forced to guard him out on the perimeter. Yeah. That's where you saw some problems. I think he fouled cat twice off drives yesterday. Um, but also it just felt like the team was confused at points because of how much they were switching up the defense. Like they were primarily in a two, three matchup zone um, for most of the game with, with Malcolm playing in the middle, but then like, okay, Chris Finch started to maneuver things and they would feed the ball into cat coming off of movement into the wing to, to, to get him on my, on Malcolm right in the middle of the paint. Like there was just, it, it felt like the, the opening of that game uh, resulted in a lot of easy points for Minnesota that, that mattered quite a bit later, because I do think if, if they're playing things differently, they would have struggled a little bit more in the half court. You saw how much on the perimeter they were struggling with, with getting any kind of uh, dribble penetration. Um, and that goes back to Milwaukee too. Like, again, we've, we've seen other coaches who have been in Indiana put Malcolm on, on Giannis, but then offensively they tried to run everything through Karras in the Milwaukee game. And it just wasn't good. Like Karras shot well in the first half, but then it completely fell apart. Both the bigs got benched. Neither of them played well, if we're being honest, but the, I mean, I just don't think that there's a case that they were put in good positions really to, to be effective in Milwaukee. Like, I mean, Domas is barely touching the ball. And uh, Caitlin put this out on on Twitter, too. Like, we've seen Domas play well against Milwaukee before by by having some of his regular usage. Um, And and Miles, too, I think part of it's tough because I want to be fair and and honest in criticism. Like, he did not have a good game against Milwaukee. I think he was a half-step slow on everything. But also part of it, too, is he's guarding Pat Connaughton uh, for most of the time. Like, it just was an awkward cross match. And I think 
Um, like, it, I don't know. I would like to see them at least try and put confidence in, in having Miles trying to defend Giannis. Really less about having confidence, but just like, let's try something that is not extremely out of the box and, um, you know, trying that, that does put this team in a difficult position because I'm not expecting them to beat Milwaukee, but, but losing the way that they did, I just don't, I don't, I don't know that you can uh, entirely justify that. And I'm not saying that you're, you're going to, but I just think um, the, the coaching staff definitely deserves some criticism for how the season has gone so far. And it has been a little bit disparaging to me to have everything just continually be put on, uh, on Miles and Domas in the roster construction in general. Because despite that being bad, we have seen it be successful in the regular season. So I just do struggle saying, you know, this is all on the roster and it's not on Rick. Yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like they're, he's just, you know, constantly trying to find something that will work. I mean, you, you, men, you mentioned all those, you know, matchup issues. And I mean, I, it, to me, it does kind of, you know, you, you can't get away from the roster. It's like you got the wrong guys in the wrong spots and you don't. That it's just a Rubik's cube of is there all the right guys in the right spots and um, and that's been the challenge and you know it kind of goes I, I was thinking about um, you know all these adjustments game to game and and you know even last night like you gave Isaiah Jackson a little run in the first half and the next second half gave Goga some run trying to you know things that we always have complained about about not getting guys and trying things and, and, and uh, getting frustrated at that. It's like at the opposite end of the spectrum now. Um, you know, I always remember Vogel was like, you know, we, you know, talking about adjusting to what another team's doing at times when they would uh, struggle a little bit. And he would say, we want to impose our game on the other team. We want them to adjust us, that type of thing, uh, especially defensively. And, um, and with Carlisle, it seems it's completely opposite side of the coin. Like even he, he's he's been quick to just alter and and try something new. And a lot of it, you know, obviously doesn't work at times. And and it is frustrating to see. And they have to have everything, and they you know just tweak just right to get rolling. And it seems like especially, I mean, guy, you look at that. You know, some of those offensive possessions in the third quarter, and you can just feel like, oh, God, here we go again. Like, there isn't the movement. You're stuck with, you know, Karras trying to go one-on-one or, um, you know, Malcolm grinding to try and get a pick to try and get free to, you know. And there's just, you know, guys aren't really moving. There's some bad passes, you know. Uh, thinking about a, a Brodman, just that soft, a soft pass in the corner to, to – uh, I think it was, oh, no, it was Martin, Kenan Martin. Um, way out of rhythm, he picks it up, but then he shot it anyway, you know, missed the whole rim, just just not the flow and and the, the type of offense that you're ever going to succeed with. Um, and, yeah, it is, you know, I, I wouldn't not blame anybody. I mean, everybody's got a, a, a part in this, and I know um, – like coaching staff's got to be frustrated, but it's like can't get so frustrated where you're not doing, you know, getting back to some of these basics and and just seeing what <laughs> what we can get out of Domas being a little more involved, handling the ball and, and doing some things 
uh, down the stretch when it matters. That, that was what was kind of frustrating last night, seeing that, um, where it's just everything's bogged down and, you, you know, you're not, you're not putting them in the right position to, to uh, succeed in the way they have in the past. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think you hit on the nail for me. Like this team is, it feels like they're working so hard to try and adapt to what the other team is doing that they're really not forcing the other team to, to like, it, it just feels like they're playing catch up instead of starting with um, a base that they feel confident in at, yeah. at, at any given time on both ends. Um, and that's, what's been frustrating because it's just, you, you watch stuff and it, it just continues to be con- confusing. Like yesterday, and this, again, it's something that I've I've kind of harped on a lot this year. Like, I just have been a little bit confused with their how they want to use Chris Duarte. Um, and Duarte's had a very good rookie year. He has struggled quite a bit. Last seven games, below 40% from the floor, below 30% from three. Um, obviously got tossed tonight. He was hot. Um, I, I don't know that he quite needed to get that hot, but I also do get it to a degree. Like, he... Got absolutely clobbered, uh, but that was some bad refereeing. Yeah, yesterday was just a poorly ref game on both sides. I thought, but um, looking at it with him, like it's just I I haven't really like like Caitlin and I talked about this as soon as he got drafted. He's coming in to be kind of that Doug McDermott role, somebody who does things a little bit differently, but brings some of the same ability as a movement shooter, a little bit more uh, of an athlete, can create a little bit more with the ball in his hands. But it almost feels like the coaching staff has leaned into that too much. Um, like, I think the idea was, okay, Chris is going to be a guy who is operating a ton off the second side, doing secondary things, playing off of the gravity of everyone else in the starting lineup or or just, you know, whoever else is out there with him, like Malcolm Domas, whoever's handling the ball. Um, but now we just see a lot more of, okay, TJ's in the corner and Chris is is, is initiating pick and roll or, or, or initiating a set. And – it's odd. I was talking about this with a friend yesterday who, uh, you know, specializes in, in the draft and and works in biomechanics, too. And they were just talking about like, you know, OK, his it, I mean, we're just talking his decision making on and off ball is drastically different. Like when he's catching the ball and going his decision making off drives um, or just, you know, coming off of a secondary action is so much better than his his initial uh, like if he's the primary decision maker it just goes down a cliff. Like yesterday, part of it, like, I don't want to be completely unfair. Yesterday was an outlier in terms of how many turnovers he was, he was throwing, but he had some uh, very forced passes in pick and roll. Like uh, he threw one over to the corner and I mean, somebody came off the top of the key to come grab it. Cause they saw how far it was coming from. Um, I think he finished with four or five turnovers yesterday, but like um, that's, what's been confusing, like both TJ McConnell and, and, and Domas. Like, I think there's been some, push back to people saying, oh, well, you know, they just can't shoot and they're not good in their roles. Well, it's like, okay, we know that they can't shoot and they shouldn't be shooting. And we saw how they could be utilized last year, despite Nate Bjorkman's flaws. And, and, you know, just speaking on coaching, like it, it at least felt like he utilized those two guys and got the most out of them. It's just felt the opposite this year. I don't understand um, having TJ off the ball as much as he has been with the bench. Um, and, and again, with, with Chris, like I understand wanting him to get on ball reps and get better um, and try and see if you can coax more out of him. But also like, it just hasn't been conducive to winning right now. If we're being honest, um, it's just been a very rough stretch. Well, one of the, one of the brighter spots has been that Justin holiday has, has absolutely come back to life. 
which has been good to see. But yeah, ultimately, not a, not a lot of good to take from this last uh, week and a half of basketball. Yeah, I mean, one thing um, thinking about Duarte last night, you know, starting uh, T.J. McConnell, um, that was a, you know, the, the size matchup with the you know length and athleticism that Minnesota had. Um, that felt like you know early on, and it showed up on the offensive glass, but. Um, it was a you know a little bit of a disadvantage there as well um, when you're thinking about you know Justin Holiday as your power forward and um, and I thought once Duarte got in there it you know things changed a little bit and that was and that is where I feel like like you're saying he he's better fitting in that role where he is the fourth or fifth guy out there with the starters and moving up the ball and making plays like that. Um, as opposed to, yeah, when he ends up ISOed with the ball, it's like, oh no. And, you know, and he's been, <laughs> he goes into Levert mode basically and it just doesn't have it, you know. And, and that is, yeah, that's tough to watch. And, uh, I, I agree. It's like he needs to be doing those certain things, that, you know, a lot more of that, like you mentioned, that McDermott type stuff would really suit him well, I think. Um, and, you know, just let him play. Because when, when there's a play to be made um, and it's, you know, there isn't the thinking part of it. There isn't the decision making and, and all that. Just, you know, respond, react, react and respond, whatever. Um, you know, he can do some great things. So uh, that that was a kind of some frustrating matchups there as, as well, which, which you know, like you say, that, that goes back to the coaching part. You know, you put him in a bind and having him try and do stuff that, you know, he's just not ready to do. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, where are you at with Karis? Because Karis has been a roller coaster. Um, yeah. The last couple games. It's tough. Um, yeah, I mean, he really was, you know, he, he's, he's had great moments. And the, the thing that sucks is I know he's not 100%, <clears throat> you know, but I do feel like even if he's not, even when he is 100%, if he's more consistent, uh, that's great. But you know that the game, his game fitting in with with everyone else, and especially alongside Broadman, is just it's like a coin flip: who has the ball and what's going to happen. And it's it's um, I don't know. It's it's a challenge. You know, I mean, you know, I I wouldn't mind. You know, I feel like he would be a great six man come in be a buckets against second units type thing um that'd be a great role i think on a on a good team you know i'm talking about you know a team where he doesn't have to be one of the leading scorers maybe or maybe he is but he's off the bench you know i mean that's his role um and then you got you know you're starting in it but um has a little more flow to it um i don't know i've, I've been i've been thinking about that it's just like there's got to be a way for a guy who can score like that in the NBA to be impactful consistently in a positive way. Um, and, you know, I think about a guy, you know, like a Lou Williams. You, know, you have these guys who come in, they just, that's what they do. They get buckets, uh, they keep you flowing uh, while the shoulders are resting, and then um, you get back. But, you know, they're going to need other guys as well to, to pull that off. So, um, and to get those other guys, he may be the guy they have to use. So I don't know. Uh, so 
that that's pretty much all over the map on the, on the boot. But um, it, it is just definitely a day to day thing, which I know his back is day to day as well, and, and that sucks for him. But um, it, it's definitely impacting the team. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. It's hard because he's in a way, but it's not his fault. But it, he's part of what what feels like in looking at you know, the team overall just being kind of a seesaw, like you don't really know what you're getting. It's, it's, yeah. it's there's, there's no real balance with it. Um, like you look at <laughs> what he did to close last year. And again, part of it's inflated by pace and the way that they were playing and the defense was non-existent. Um, but I mean, I think he ended up averaging like 25 points per game over the last 12 games last year. Um, I'm not saying he needs to be that, but I mean, 12, he's averaging 12 points per game in the last seven games right now. Uh, mm-hmm. He's taking the third fewest shots on the team in that time, or tied for tied for second, actually. Never mind. Tim and Duarte are both taking 11.3 field goal attempts per game. But it, it's just been odd. Um, I, I don't know what to make out of it. And it's been hard, too, because I don't want to be overly critical of him, but uh, his decision-making has been really poor on the ball. Um, like, just – the tunnel vision has been kind of perplexing. Um, we've seen real flashes of him getting downhill to the rim all the way, but that's just kind of been gone the last last week. Um, like Caitlin and I talked about it, his first game back. I mean, it looked like he was a completely different player and how often he was getting to the rim in that game against Toronto. Mm-hmm. But pretty much since then, we just haven't seen him get to the rim at the same rate. And that's really important for the offense and, and what they can do for getting things open. But then again, like mentioning – He's just – and this is the whole team in general, to, to be completely fair. I thought last night was a little better for for stretches, but it was still really poor overall. And how often they're getting the roll or the ball, like it, it, not even just the roller. Like, okay, is there – if there's anybody coming across the open floor, uh, it just doesn't feel like the guards or wings are routinely capable of getting the ball to them. Uh and it's been it's been a problem. Like like even I mean both uh, Miles and Domas will just be wide open. And I feel like this is it sounds like the same podcast I've recorded seven times already <laughs> talking about it. But it's it's just weird. I, I, it wasn't a problem last year at all, uh, at least not to this degree. Yeah, it was funny that that one one time it was in the first half when. Uh... Sabonis was wide open rolling underneath, and Duarte kind of pump fake pass it and then threw it. And Quinn Buckner's like, throw it. He's so open. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hit the ball to the man. Uh, but yeah, and, and you know, with the vert that um, it seems like he has, like, he, once he starts the ball, it's like, okay, he's got to cycle through these options. He, he was probing to get the ramp. Nope. Then get the ramp, probing to get it. Pull up, nope. Problem to get a turnaround, nope. And then, you know, minutes pass. But it's like that, it, it's just like <laughs> that slow cycle. And it's just like, what are you left with if he doesn't get to one of those three spots? And, and you know, that turnaround's not always uh, a faithful companion to scoring. So uh, it is, that's a frustrating thing when, when, when you get that in the middle of, you know, a starting unit like that. And there isn't that movement and, you know, trying to get guys rolling to the hoop and get those easy buckets. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, well, I guess the next thing I want to ask you, how, uh, 
How close are you into thinking that this team needs to make a trade? Like, obviously, I've, I, I think you and I have both thought they've needed to for a while, but um, I mean, how close are you to thinking that it's actually going to happen? I guess would be where I, I'm okay. going to Yeah. That. For me, thinking it's going to happen, that was back in August. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like it will, you know, I, I just don't see the, you know, they can go 500 through the rest of the month. That would be good, I guess. That would be but, absurdly good if right. they're able to do that. And that's still, they're still going to be, you know, looking at the stands going, God dang, we're, you know, we're still buried. And again, we're talking about they, they're playing at a great level to get there, right? And, and just even saying that is all you need to know. I mean, they got to do something. And I mean, it is past the point because, you know, in past years when they had all these, you know, quote unquote good contracts and, and guys, different variable guys that they could, could deal, um, you know, the, the thought was that, you know, they'd be able to get some some picks or, or some young good players back, you know, from a team that is really trying to push forward um, to fill out a championship team. Um, but this time around, I don't know. I, I I struggle trying to construct ideas that are going to be anything other than kind of just letting the season fade and getting trying to get a pick and trying to get players as well, but not necessarily going to improve with a player that's going to come in and improve this team. You know, kind of immediately. Well, what's so hard is like. I mean, I, I'm there with you, and I agree, and I think that, honestly, this team should be uh, – I don't want to say blown up, but but there there has to be some kind of change. And I just think – like, I would – I think I'm there with you, and I would rather see them uh, maybe commit to, to trying to rebuild a little bit, but I think yeah. we just know that that's not going to happen um, based on, you know, hiring Rick to the deal that they did and, and just hiring Rick in general. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Um so then you start thinking about it, like, okay, what move is even out there that that is going to quote unquote, you know, move this team in a, in a positive direction? And I, I, I don't know, frankly, I don't, yeah. I don't have a great answer on that. Um, but like you're mentioning, I mean, okay, let's say they do. If, if they finished uh, 500 by the end of the month, I mean, not, not end of the month, end of the year, so like end of December. Well, 11 of the next 13 games are against playoff teams. Uh, they play Houston and Detroit, and those are the only teams below 500 that they play right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great. Like, that is going to be an, ex- an extremely tough schedule. And I think the likelihood that they actually go 500 on that is pretty minimal. So, like, we yeah, could be yeah. talking about them being – like, right now they're five games under 500. They could be seven or eight games under 500 uh, by then. And maybe they're still in the, the 13 seed or the 12 seed, depending on how things play out. Um and then it's just like, I, I don't know. But also, like, I, I just – I don't think this team can really afford to go for a draft pick based on what they've preached coming into the year and what they want to do. So, I don't know. Like, things have to change extremely quickly um, if, if yeah. anything can be super positive coming out of this year for what they wanted to do. I, can, I do kind of find it interesting, though, about – you know, I, I in some ways I kind of feel like um, – if we got true serum into Carlisle, like, I mean, even from the beginning of the season when he's talking about the injuries and, you know, I feel like he knew 
this wasn't an overnight. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy that's gonna turn this thing around overnight. Um, and I almost feel like in some ways he has been kind of coaching to the fact that I'm not concerned about this season's total win loss record. Again, you'd have to have some crazy true certain to get that. This is just my <laughs> just the way that you know. Like we say, he's been doing so many things, trying so many things, um, and it hasn't been a um, – it's been a struggle, obviously, but I feel like he's continued to have this, like, well, yeah, patience. Um, this is what we have. We don't have every player, every game. Um, and it just feels like – I don't think he – you know, I, I know a lot of people think, oh, Carlisle's never going to want to tank or whatever. I'm not necessarily saying they're tanking, but they're not as con concerned with um, the immediate results right now because they, I mean, it's obvious they don't have, they don't have the horses, you know, they just don't. And this league right now is, is extremely tough. So um, I, that's why I feel like there's going to be some trades at some point coming up. Otherwise, somebody down there is just fiddling why this thing is burning down. And I just don't, I just don't think that's going to be, end up being the case. Um, so I guess the, the point is, it, it, I guess it sounds like I'm saying Carlisle doesn't mind the team tanking. I don't believe that. But I do think he understands the situation we're in right now. And it, 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 there has to be some change. I can't say it again. They got to do something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm not. I'm honestly, I have, I've, I have no idea what to think about the rest of the year going forward. Um, but we'll see, man. Uh, I mean, I think I'm at the point too, where it just like, they're going to get to a point where they have to trade somebody with like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like if they're going to use Domas like this, I think they should trade him, frankly. Um, He's kind of just been an afterthought on the team. And I know some people will disagree with that. Um, I just, I think it's been pretty clear how underutilized he's been and how important he is to the team. He is the best player on the team. Uh, and if that's not going to fit in with Rick, I think that's kind of an indictment of Rick that you can't like, I don't know, like the idea of him coming in was he was going to uh, adapt to the players on the team and it's felt kind of the opposite. So mm -hmm. uh, we will see with that moving forward. Um do you have anything positive that you want to leave off on? Because I, I do, uh, I feel like we do have to hit on something positive because uh, there is a, it has still been a, a, a good month, a fun month, at least, even if it's not in terms of fun for the Pacers. Yeah. And I mean, also a lot of these games, as frustrating as they are, like the Laker game at home um, Wednesday was, it was just, a, it was a great show. It was fun. And, you know, God dang it. I mean, I've seen talk about seeing things a million times over and, and you know, the frustration of LeBron and, and Westbrook whining after every call and, and the but you know it, it it added to the entertainment value though. It, it was a good show. And it was I was you know, that was an, yeah, obviously again another game that they they could have won um and just didn't get over the hump. But there are a lot of lot of uh, home games this coming up this month and um you know the field house renovations are still a lot of construction down around the field house and all that but during the holiday season you got 
time to get down there. I mean, it, it's just fun to get in there and and um, and see some of these great players and and get them and and support downtown and, and all that. I mean, that's always been a blast. That the um, the the Pacers crew that that runs the games. It's always a good time. It's just it is has been the crowds have been picking up lately and i think that has to do with the opponents as well but i i feel like um the field house when these games are close down the stretch it's so much fun when when everybody's into it and uh um yeah i, I just implore local folks at least to uh get down there because you can get in there pretty cheap these days um and it, it's uh it's well worth it to get down there and and watch this team because, you know, if nothing else, they're going to be in it late, <laughs> as we've seen. So um, hopefully they can sort of win streak here and, and then we will have something positive to actually talk about. Uh, but for now, I'd say, yeah, yeah, that's what I got for you. Yep. I, I'm right there with you, Tom. Well, it was good to talk, good to catch up a little bit. To everyone listening, thank you for listening. If you're not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you and get your feedback. Of course, read us over at IndieCornos.com. And most importantly, have a good rest of your day.